Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 394. And we're talking about one thing and one thing only today. Sound of free. Wait. <laughs> Mission Impossible, Dead Right. I knew what I was doing there. I'm just messing around. Uh, actually, just quick update. Um, thank you to everybody who listened to our Sound of Freedom. Uh, thank you to the people who shared it online. Um, a review that it's, I think that's super helpful for the movie. It's doing really well. I mean, right now that it hasn't even been released internationally, and it's sitting at just under just under sixty six million dollars as of Friday. We're recording this on Saturday the 15th, so, you know, who knows? But it actually did better the first Friday, or the second Friday versus the first Friday, even though, you know, it had opened on Tuesday, July 4th, which is still its biggest earning day. Um, and if you can pay it forward, go to angelstudios.com slash, I think it's slash freedom, um, or if you just go to Angel Studios, it'll be, uh, you can actually buy tickets for, for people to go see it um, who maybe not be able to might not be able to afford it. And if you're in Cincinnati local area, um, send me an email at brian at infamouspodcast.com because I will have some information about some free tickets to go see it through someone else um, next week. Uh, actually, over the next couple of weeks um, with rented out theaters. So, yeah. Anyway, Daryl, sorry. Oh, did not mean to hijack cool. at first. But, um, yeah, how are you? I am doing pretty well. Yeah. And sorry for a second, I lost you. Yeah. But I was oh, like, yeah. I heard the how are you? So I'm, that's why I was like, I am doing well. I am Daryl <laughs> and I am well. <laughs> it's like um, the last Starfighter. How do you do? I do well. My name is Greek. <laughs> I think that that's like a once, at least once a month thing. Watching you the last Starfighter? Starfighter. Absolutely. Oh, you just I mean, bringing it up, mentioning it. Oh, mentioning it. It's at least once a week for the last 30 years. <laughs> uh, I have not seen that movie in a long time. I have not seen that movie yet this month. <laughs> it's a great I movie. Actually wanted to... It's a great movie. I'll make the decision when I watch it probably next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway. All right. Um, yeah, so let's. Uh, you you want to just hop into it? Yeah, let's, let's let's just do it. Okay, so Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. This is Mission Impossible Seven, the seventh outing of the film. Um, once again, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, and this one uh, was written by Chris, Christopher Mc, Christopher written by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, written by Christopher McQuarrie and Eric Jenderson, which. Um, you know, he's a American author, playwright, screenwriter. He worked on Band of Brothers. He um, worked on Killing Lincoln and, you know, with um, Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, like, all I had to see was Band of Brothers there. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Like, let's see what this dude has to say. Um, produced by Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie. Starring Tom Cruise, Harley Atwell, Vin Raim, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, and, uh, well, Pom. How do you say her last name? I think it's Clementi. I don't know if it's Clementif or Clementioff. Let's say Clementif. Uh, and Henry Zerny. And last but not least, Issa Morales. Um, 
So Coyote was in it too. Oh yeah, that's right. That is right. Uh, and Carrie always. Yes. So, um, oh, and I guess like, like Greg, uh, Greg Tarzan Davis, um, and, and Shea Wiggins, uh, I a hundred percent thought Cody was going to get killed the entire movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's how we've just been trained to look at black characters, (laughs) but it just seems like of all the characters, like he was the one that Paris was going to kill. Well, it, and it, it was Paris it was, specifically because I, I think yeah. as far as and in, 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 you know spoilers, FYI, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go come 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 back and listen like Monday or Tuesday. Um, yeah. Paris is the most ineffective assassin that I've seen since Ruby Rose's character from John Wick. So going back to the, I don't even know his name in this, but I'm gonna call him Coyote. Uh, it was Degas. D-E-G-A-S. Uh, it's it's funny because it's, yeah, it's not that he was the black guy. Right. Uh, that's a, that's right. a good yeah. joke. But it was he was the right-hand man for the guy who was chasing after Ethan Hunt. Right. Which the right-hand man of that guy who's the, who's chasing after the main character almost always gets killed. Seriously, like, almost always. It, almost always. So yeah, I thought he. I definitely thought. I mean, just look at uh, Avengers mm-hmm. Coulson. Yeah. Uh, to yeah, Fury. he's the Coulson to Nick Fury in this. Yes. Uh, and I hundred percent was expecting Benji to die, and he he obviously didn't. But I don't think he's safe. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's really safe. It, is this supposed? Is Dead Reckoning two? supposed to be the last of the mission impossible movies i don't think there's gonna be a lot i don't think the only way there will be a last mission impossible movie is when paramount comes to tom cruise and say look you crazy son of a bitch we're not funding your action sports happen anymore (laughs) I, i honestly believe that is that is the only way these movies stop getting made um because if they keep up with the quality they've had i mean these movies get better every time out i will a, a hot take and we've talked about this off air and we might have talked about it on air last year or something like that when we were talking about the what our most anticipated movies of the mm-hmm. year because this was definitely on our list yeah and i can't think of another franchise slash series or saga whatever you want to call it that has this many good movie i i would watch these last i even three yeah because three is good three three uh, three had a lot of work to do because john woo went full john woo in number two yeah and, well i told you i th- yeah. i thought number two was so good and then like i hadn't watched it in 10 years and i watched it again like probably like five years ago and i'm like this did not age well. You know why we thought number two was so good? Because this is the most 90s movie that ever was made. Like, <laughs> it's it's the long-haired hero, like, because that's when Tom had the long hair. The long-haired hero coming through that big thing of smoke on the motorcycle and the doves flying slow and the slow-mo explosions and not, like, being phased yeah. by it. Like, it was every bad Steven Seagal trope in, like, <laughs> one movie. Um, yeah. But, yes... But, but it had Tandy Newton in it. So, I mean, how bad could it have been? Yeah. So, and it had the, the actually to be Wolverine, but the movie made sure that he wasn't Wolverine, Doug Gray Scott. I, I'm, you know what? I'm actually okay that Doug Gray Scott wasn't Wolverine. 
Oh, I am too. I, I mean, know, not absolutely. that I like the character. And, and by the way, the the pictures that came out with the suit um, mm-hmm. look pretty cool. Like, not going to lie. Like, good job on, you know, the Deadpool team for, for putting that together and not making it look ridiculous. Yeah. So I will say this with the like, because you said it, they just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. This isn't my favorite one, but it is still up there well as far your favorite as one obviously has your man crush in it so i mean I, it's I, not I, even I, worth I'm discussing sure. <laughs> no <laughs> it's either five or that one or six probably i was I, i'll have to rewatch i'm going to rewatch them all mm-hmm. though but just as far as a franchise goes there are not many franchises where if i had to watch all the movies in the franchise i would watch before this I, yeah. I really can't because again, I can go to my favorite Star Wars. Yeah, for example, again, four, five, six, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Force Awakens, yes, I would watch it. Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, no. Uh, Phantom Menace, I watched the parts with Darth Maul. <laughs> Attack of the Clones, such a good setup and everything. Mm-hmm. It just was poorly executed. Revenge of the Sith, I would watch. Indiana Jones, I mean, Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. So, and you, you can keep going mm-hmm. with these different franchises. Well, I this think this one is up there with every single one of them. So, I think hopping back to to the Mission Impossible franchise, right? So, it kicked off with a Brian De Palma film, which Brian De Palma is an amazing director, right? Amazing mm-hmm. director. Then it went with John Woo, and it kind of got all over the place. Um, and the Mission Impossible three was directed by Brad, or I'm sorry, was directed and written by Jar Jar Abrams. Um, so it had its, its Abrams effect. I do believe Grumberg was in it. So that definitely lowers the quality of any movie. Um, but then mission impossible four Ghost protocol, which is actually one of my favorites was directed by Brad yeah. bird. I think it might've been his first like live action one in a while. Um, but this is when Christopher McQuarrie entered the fray. Um, he was one of the co-writers on it. Um, and then from there with Rogue Nation, Fallout, Dead Reckoning, and then Dead Reckoning 2, all four of these movies are written and directed by him. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure about that. So like there is a there is an actual cohesive nature to the last three at the very least. Like obviously um Dead Reckoning is supposed to come out. Our part two is supposed to come out next June. Who knows with the writer strike because it's currently suspended, so we don't we don't know what's happening. Um, but these last three have all felt like one continuous story. Um, and I'm going to use James Bond as an example because James Bond, Ethan Hunt, I I feel like they're pretty close as far as characters go. They're that international man of mystery. Um, name me two good James Bond movies in a row in the entire franchise, 20 plus films. Yeah, Casino Royale followed up by Quantum of Solace, which was a definitive drop. I'm I'm talking about all the way back to to yeah. I I mean, well, I know for a fact I can't think of the ones from you know back in the day. I I was just thinking because Casino Royale is one of my favorite movies. The uh, remake of Casino Royale. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Not the Lansky one. Uh, But yeah, you're right. It's just because then you had. I really love Skyfall, mm-hmm. and then you had Spectre, and then you had, you had Spectre and No No Time to Die, which is two in a row that are not that good. 
So, I mean, like the Dr. No was the first one. It's fine. From Russia with Love, not as good. Goldfinger was good. One of the best, in my opinion, of the Sean Connery area. Thunderball, not good. You Only Live Twice. Yeah. Her Majesty's Secret Service, George Lansby. (laughs) Diamonds Are Forever. No, not that great. Live and Let Die. Good. The Man with the Golden Gun. Eh. Uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. Eh. Moonraker. Good. For Your Eyes Only. Eh. Octopussy. Eh. A View to Kill. Eh. (laughs) You know, and like, and I liked Roger Moore as James Bond. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they were like fun. Like they weren't as fun. The Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton. Great. License to Kill. Goldeneye. Great. Tomorrow Never Dies. Nobody's believing anything that happened in Tomorrow Never Dies, right? The world is not enough. Die another day. No, that one was, that was the one that had uh, Denise Richards as Christmas Jones. Um, Right. Or was that the world is not enough? I'm getting them. I may be getting them mixed up, but anyway, neither one of them were good. Casino Royale. Great. Quantum of Solace. Crap. Skyfall, great. Spectre, crap. No time to die, crap. Like, you, you look yeah. at that. Like, I, I think if you want to talk like franchises that have gone through what Mission Impossible has gone through, is you got to look at Fast and Furious. Yeah. So the first movie was pretty freaking awesome, right? Um, yeah. Where's, hold on, where's the list of all of them? Uh, anyway, so you have, you have the fast and furious. Oh, here we go. Uh, the fast and the furious, right? That movie was great. Too fast, too furious. It's a huge guilty pleasure for me. Uh, fast and furious, Tokyo, fast and furious, Tokyo drift, completely different, like direction for the franchise, but it kicked it back into the street racer, all of that. Then you have Fast and Furious, Fast, Fast and Furious, which is a tough movie to get through, but I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Fast Five, Six, Seven, and they're all great. The like, like that trilogy there, they're all great. And then you get to eight. Well, you get to eight. Then like you know, it says Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, but I don't include this in the in the main franchise, right? Fast Nine was Justin Lin coming back, um, kind of creatively bankrupt at this point, and then Fast X, which I haven't seen yet, so I can't, I can't yeah, comment I on it. But yeah. but looking at this, like Furious Seven was the pinnacle. Like that was the apex of, you know, to quote Bill Simmons, this was the apex of the fast franchise. It all built to that movie. And that movie was great regardless of what happened to Paul Walker. Um, and then the rest of the movie suffered because they don't have Paul Walker in them. Well, I wouldn't say just because they don't have Paul No, Walker not just, but I mean, that's like one of the, you know, one of the things. But anyway, so this one, you know, the, the whole idea of this is um, they have to track down this weapon. And the opening scene with the sub, one, I'm actually surprised they left that in with what happened with the Ocean Gate stuff. Um, yeah, you have to, though. You, well, yeah, you, you have to because then you don't have a movie. Uh, but yeah. I, I just think, like, with the AI element and the way the AI 
tricked them into firing and then destroyed the sub so that it could free itself. Um, Mm -hmm. and then like get rid of the one thing that could control it or so it thinks, um, I, I think like it was such a cool opening. Dude, that was so good. That was such a good opening. And, and the thing is, is that makes it different. It's like all these other movies are an Ethan Hunt cold open with him doing something like Mr. Hunt, your mission, should you choose to accept it? And this didn't have that. It was, it was like, it was like a Friday night Smackdown opening with a wrestling match that doesn't involve the bloodline, that level of cool and different. <laughs> You know, usually it opens yeah, I, with Roman Reigns. Random city, acknowledge me. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. To that point, I was I was absolutely expecting that type of opening for this movie, right? And it kind of threw me off for a second. The, the way, first of all, that that whole sequence was so tense, and it, mm-hmm. it, it was just a you know precursor of things to come in this movie because there were several moments where, yeah, you know these. X, Y, or, you know, you know, Ethan Hunt's going to get through it. But at the same time, if you film something right, if you do the story right, even if, and that's when people say there are no stakes to this or that, that doesn't matter because you know, James Bond's going to get out alive. Right. It's not about the character getting out alive. It's about, uh, being immersed into the story and to the situation, to the point where even if your brain knows that this character is going to get out, your body is reacting like, I don't know what's going to happen. So there were several moments like that in this movie. And I, it was as smart of an opening for the story being told as you could get. I feel like this is the movie that has the thinnest amount of plot armor around the IMF agents. Is that the thinnest amount? Yeah. Like there could be a death at any point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are a couple of times, like even at the end where you hear the voiceover as, you know, as Ethan is parachuting out and you're talking about Benji and you know, how he's, as he, the voiceover mentions something about those that you love. Right. I'm like, dude, is he going to catch a bullet right here? Like, like, right. Like sniper just. Yeah. Lights out. That's so that's the thing that the way the movie played out, even though, yeah, I, I really liked it. Don't get me wrong. It's not it's not my favorite Mission Impossible. However, with that being said, I, I can I can agree with what you're saying as far as the small, the mm-hmm. lowest amount of plot armor. And also, it, and this is just the fact of the matter is that this AI, you know, you have this AI, you know, big boss or whatever. We still don't know what it wants. Right. Like you 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 want to say, oh, well, it wants to be free. Okay. It it. it and we find out that it's it's intruded on all these you know government sites mm-hmm. and you know and all this and it's done nothing, it hasn't done anything. It's waiting. So that's what we're going to get in the second one. That's the one thing where it's and again, it's more like a TV show in that in that regard where you get the first part of a story because this is a this is a incomplete. This is a complete movie with an incomplete story. Yes, meaning that. It wasn't a cliffhanger, but it was a satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. But you also know that there's a lot more to go. Right. Absolutely. So I, I really that was the thing. You never know how they're going to wrap these type of movies up. And I and this, you know, talking about the beginning, talking about the conflicts and the tension 
action tension throughout the movie and the way it ends, it's satisfying in the sense of it, it, it was, it wasn't infinity war where right. necessarily the bad guys lost. It's more of a stalemate right now. Yeah. Uh, or, or race against time now, yeah. but it was, it ended in a way where you look at, you look at what happened says, I'm satisfied with this. I'm not frustrated that I got left with a cliffhanger mm-hmm. who, I don't even know when it's, but we knew this. Well, it's going to come out next year at some point, but like we knew this was because they were very smart to call it dead reckoning part one. Yes. Like you go into this knowing like, like, cause there's movies where you go into and like, like the second pirates of the Caribbean, right? It's all set up. Mm -hmm. There's nothing is like you can, you can actually go from pirates one to pirates three with very little problem. That's funny. We were just talking about watching. I, I mean, I, I'm like, I don't think I'm wrong here. So with this one though, like you watch this and then the way this ends, it's like, there is still like so much story to tell, but if Ethan crashes into a cliff, the movie's over, the story's over. Um, anyway, but, uh, I, here's the other cool thing about this is there's nobody that doesn't like this movie right now. It's a 96 from the critics and a 94 from the audience. Oh, wow. I didn't even on, on Rotten Tomatoes. That. Um, yeah. You know, where, you know, you look at some of these things that have come out recently, like, you know, it's just kind of like gross, gross discrepancies. Like the, the, um, like Sound of Freedom, it's a 74 for the critics and it's a hundred for the audience. Mm-hmm. But we know why it's a 74 because there are, there are publications that are actively trying to tank the movie, right? Oh, hundred um, percent. But so like, that's the nice thing about, about this is it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's got the acclaim that it needs to have from both critics and fans. And like you said, right. like it's, a, this is a fun movie. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a long movie. I don't know if there's a lot, I might've cut out a little bit of the car chases cause they got kind of masturbatory at one point. Um, but also then you miss Palm's face as she's driving that armored truck just oh, like through like people. So much fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I thought that was great. Um, we get some new characters. We get a lot of characters back. I completely forgot that Alana is Max's daughter from the first movie. Yeah. I, I, you're talking about the white widow, the white widow. Yeah. So that is Max. Remember Max, Vanessa Redgrave's character from the first movie. Yeah, Max is her. Or Max, uh, the White Widow was her daughter, I, yeah. and uh, Zola is her son. It's so like re- just yeah, the I, way and having Ketrick come back and like you know he knows like you know he knows Alana and stuff like that. It was it was just so. So nice. Like bringing Carrie Elway's back. I thought Carrie Elway's cause was going to be a bad guy for the next couple movies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He, he got, he just got got like, that was the only um, verified kill that, that Paris had. No, uh, Paris didn't kill her. Paris. Yeah. Paris. No, she, uh, <gasps> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. But he got his throat got, um, yeah. But yeah, I just like, I don't know, the whole scene in the air. I love the scene in the airport. I loved it. I I thought, I thought the way Gabriel was able to split up the team was fantastic. Um, 
the the introduction of Harry, Haley Atwell's Grace, uh, the character's name is Grace, uh, in that scene yeah. was was fantastic. Um, you know, and then Ving Rhames doing what he does. Ving Rhames is the heart and soul of this franchise. Like yeah. he really and is. He has, he has probably he has also the, like that most important conversation with Ethan toward the end. You know, the end of the movie or that 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 third last act yeah. where he asks him he's like you know what are you going to do when you find this guy mm-hmm. and and because and, uh, he's like you know not i'm speaking to you not as your partner but as mm-hmm. your friend right yeah i i, I just yeah. love this whole team and the, the team I, is great um yeah and and as sad as it is losing uh elsa which really suck well we both um, are big fans of rebecca ferguson so like yeah. you know i like i like when she's in movies i like i like her as an actress um you know she ilsa was like i mean last when we talked about um fallout like my opinion was that elsa should have been the team leader and yeah you know um then ethan could have gone off and, and been the head of the IMF, which would have been a really cool thing to see. Um, but I mean, with Ilsa, with, with Rebecca Ferguson, right? I mean, she's Lady Jessica in Dune, which, you know, I definitely have my issues with that movie, but I thought that was fantastic casting. Um, she was in that movie Snowman with um, Michael Fassbender, which was kind of trippy and cool. Um, she's in Greatest Showman, which was really, really, really cool to see her in that. But I mean, she's done a ton of stuff, like a ton of really good stuff, not just on in movies and um, TV, which she has that show Silo on Apple TV, which is is really good. Yeah. Um, but she was, you know, she's she's been on you know stage and all that stuff too. So I I, I thought she was such a great um, addition to the cast in Rogue Nation. And then to see what her and Ethan go through, and then what she means to Ethan. And then yeah. the respect that they gave the character in killing her off, I thought was awesome because she knew she wasn't going to beat Gabriel, but she went to protect the person that they needed to protect. Um, yeah. And, and it was like, I thought, I honestly just thought he was going to take her eye. I didn't think they were going to kill her. Yeah. I, and like I said, the only thing that sucks about this is that I got I accidentally got spoiled about her yeah. death like a couple Which days ago. Like, I did not do. Mm-hmm. I've spoiled you before on things inadvertently, but I did not spoil you on that one. Yeah, it's like it wasn't me. Wasn't me. <laughs> wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I saw you spoiled yeah. in the shower. It wasn't me. I saw you spoiled in the bedroom. It wasn't me. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's yeah, but I do like the inclusion of Haley Atwell because mm-hmm. again I'm a big fan big fan of hers and we were both are I think mm-hmm. she's like I think she's like pretty underrated uh yeah I would actress. agree with that so I mean we get that and again I'm assuming that everybody makes it through part two which we don't know if that's going to happen or not hence the question about where this is where this falls with Mission Impossible is it going to be the end or not yeah but I, I, I just had a really good time. I, I really like the action pieces. 
I think that one uh, one of the again these are nitpicks. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go with nitpicks, is yes, I like you said. I think there was that car chasing was a little too long. Masturbatory. Some of the fighting scenes, and, and this is not Mission. This is not Dead Reckoning, but just in general. What I loved about the first John Wick movie was mm-hmm. the fight scenes were. They were what they were in the sense of they never they they never I never felt they went too long. They were relatively quick, was, like a real fight. Yes, yes. As you got deeper into the John Wick movies, the fight scenes got longer and longer <laughs> mm-hmm. and longer and longer. And that's with a lot of movies where, just again, I I understand the idea of seeing something awesome, but you know what's better seeing something awesome that shows the power of the character, right? Like. Like with Paris, when she took out uh, Carrie Elwes' two guards, mm-hmm. she that was very quick, yeah, quick and to the point. That's what I like, and I thought there were a couple of scenes like that that went uh, went on a little too long. The choreography with the Elsa and Gabriel fight was a little bit lacking, especially when you're thinking someone who has a longer reach with a sword versus somebody's fighting with a knife. Yeah. I, they kept bringing, making her go into him. So I and that's don't, not what you're gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna give a hot take here. I don't think Gabriel is an alive human being. I think Gabriel is something that the AI robot put together, and so, it, it it went Taskmaster on Elsa and forced her to fight a, his fight. So it's funny you said that because I kept wondering that myself. I'm Especially not, when they I, snuck him in and he had the, the entity little logo like thing on the face mask he was wearing on the train. Yeah. Like I, I'm just wondering because that's the thing. I'm wondering how sci-fi they are going to go with this. I don't know if that's necessarily sci-fi though. Like it is. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm just interested. Like I, I, I yeah. it's, it's like, I'm not like calling that as a shot. I'm just saying like, if that's the case, but, that explains a lot of like, you know, when yeah. he doesn't blink and when, you know, <laughs> um, but so I just think yeah. it's funny that I had the same thought a couple times during the movie. I was just like, is he? Well, it was the way he carried himself. And when he turns his yes, head, he, sna- he snaps that neck just like, like to turn yeah. and look at things. And then it would make sense why he wouldn't have noticed that Ethan picked his pocket. Yeah. And, and again, another thing is it, it might be a red herring, but I, I, I don't think that is out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but if, if we find that out in the next movie, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because I had that exact same thought. So the, uh, so I got, I got two things like sticking with Gabriel. Like it was really interesting to learn about Ethan's pre IMF past, which we have not ever delved into. Um, and, and that they were friends and then he killed a woman named Maria who was very close to Ethan. Um, maybe a first wife. Uh, I don't know. It's, it was, so it was very, very interesting. Maybe they were like, um, a trio of, of globetrotting criminals, um, so that was really cool. And then we did not, we talked about Grace's introduction, but we, we need to talk about Grace as a character real quick because Grace could have been handled like Ray, um, from the force awakens and been this like total, like just good at everything right away. Grace yeah. comes into the scene and they know who she is because you know, IMF technology mm-hmm. and they know she's a burglar in, in, you know, kind of a, a, like a very like Felicia Hardy type character, right? 
um, Black Cat from yeah, Spider-Man. Black Cat. Uh, for, for those of you who aren't, you know, whatever. Um, well, she would be a great Black Cat, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she is, the thing that she is, she's great at. And, and at no point are they ever like, well, she's like maybe just okay at it. But like, she's really good just in this situation. But when they get in the car and she has to drive because Ethan handcuffed her to the wrong hand. Um, and how funny was it that that was the IMF car, that little Fiat 500? Uh, oh, that was She can't drive. Like, she yeah. is not a capable, like, warrior like Elsa is. Or, yeah. um, like, you know, she, she, she struggled with so much in this movie. And she kept falling back on the fact that, like, I'm not just a bad guy. I'm a bad person. Like I'm going to leave you to the, to the wolves to protect myself constantly until Ethan had saved her umpteenth times. Right. That she yeah. finally got the picture. Like these people are going to protect me. So and I I'll thought say that was this. great. Yeah. I, uh, yes. The only nitpick I had with her was when she was fighting Gabriel. I was like, okay, she looks like she's, pretty capable which again that's a nitpick but i think more important than her aspects of that is the fact that multiple times she made bad decisions well like again i think but i think that's that character right like what christopher yeah, that's what I mean. described her as a destructive voice for force of nature yeah um, and that's what i mean that's yeah. what i that's what i'm talking about like that's one of the more important things is when you again you see a lot of these female characters now they always make the right decision mm -hmm. you know there's nothing to question about what they their decisions they make not all of but in general Most. that's what we get yeah. that's what we've gotten her you can see a flawed individual mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter male or female that's the thing we want to see is a flawed individual that doesn't always make the right call and to see her and, and and I love the scene where toward, you know on the train where she has a chance to take the money versus not right and it's like that crisis of that that her conscience finally catches up to everything that Ethan mm -hmm. and Luther and Benji and Elsa have done for her and she finally kind of turns that corner and I, I that's what I enjoyed most about her character yeah is she was a flawed individual and I mean. Yes, Haley Atwell played the character great, but the way it was written was also very well done. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is like Gabriel was toying with her during that fight because like when he'd had I, enough, that's the he other just thing I was he just yeeted her into the the stone like work on that bridge, and she was done. Like she didn't yeah. get back up and, until Ethan showed yeah. up. Yeah, and and that's what I that was the other thing I was thinking, and I would have thought he would have had a like kind of like a smile while he was doing it, which again, kind of going back to the, Robot. the, the theory that is, yeah, that it's more <laughs> where it's like, I take no pleasure in this. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a small nitpick, but overall, this is how you write a good, strong character, specifically a good, strong female character. Yeah. Of course. Now Ethan hunt, every time he comes into contact with Gabriel, he's going to have to be like, my name is Ethan hunt. You killed my women prepared to die. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i like i don't know uh so real quick shay wiggum who is a, a character actor to the you yeah, know highest level guy. right he is he is one of those that guy actors i uh 
I thought he was great in Agent Carter with Haley Atwell. I thought they had amazing chemistry. Um, and I was, I was, I, I typically get like kind of excited when I see him in a movie or a TV show. Cause I know it's probably going to be better than average. It's not like Carl Urban where it's like, okay, this is going to be a banger. But when it's, when it's Shea Wiggins, it's like, okay, like this guy takes good roles. He takes solid roles. Um, you know, he, he does, he does I, these I forgot things. He was in Fast and Furious. Yeah. I completely forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, he's the he's the the FBI agent who Brian reports yeah, to yeah. after, you know, yeah, uh, all of that. You know, I mean, he was yep. good in Joker. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't like Joker, but like he was good in South of Heaven, you know, um as the yeah. cop. South or not the heaven, cop. Yeah, he was uh, the cop, yeah. Um That's Damian Priest finisher. What? <laughs> oh. I said that's Damian Priest finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but you know, I mean, he's in Kong's Call Island. You know, he he's uh, the second Sicario movie. Um, you know, he he's when he shows up in things. You know, people like you know he's typically pretty good. Um, and you know, oh. so that was kind of cool. What? And his name in the movie is Jasper. Yeah, I missed that. Oh yeah, Jasper Jasper Briggs. Um, that sounds like a. That sounds like definitely sounds like a comic book character. Name. It's a porn star name. Don't even front. <laughs> don't don't even pretend like it's it's something that it's that it's better than what it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I like to me this 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 is a, a it's a good complete movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, there was more. We talked about this on the phone. There was more humor to it than I expected. Um, Much my, more than I my favorite line is when Thomas driving up the mountain on the dirt bike and we know where this is heading because of the preview in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, Benji, when do I start going downhill? And he's like, just keep going straight. <laughs> um, and I will say that jump, what you see in the preview and what you see in that 19 minute docu, whatever, uh, is, is not even half of what that is. To, no, it's in wow. the fact that like when he's in free fall and they have that drone filming him the entire time. Yes. That is yep. so impressive. Um, and while yes, I have to suspend my disbelief that he's going to come crashing through the wall of the right train at the right time and take out the right people. I fucking loved it. <laughs> yes. I, I, I did not know how she was getting out of that. Like, yes. And I, it was great. And it was, it was another comical scene. Yes, because so. again, even though he's this, you know, he's this superstar agent, but taking out those two guys were just happenstance, right. both of them. But that's like, why it he's was a just, superstar agent. Nothing. That's why he's a superstar because yeah. he can do like that. That like he has that <laughs> level of luck to his uh, to his name. All right. <laughs> so out of ten, Tom uh, Crazy Tom Cruise jumping off of stuffs. What do I you will give it? it uh, I give it an eight. Point one one. I thought it was, and again, I don't know if this is. It's it's just everything. I just acting, good new characters, a complete story. I don't know if where this lines up for the from three to eight to mm -hmm. seven. Right. I don't know where this lines up in my. Uh, I think I I definitely like it better than three, which I still like three. Uh, I 
it's just probably right behind, right up there with Ghost Protocol for me. Mm-hmm. Which again, you know, naming these top four, it, like all of them, I love. Yeah. So eight point one one, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing. I'll, I'll watch it again. I'm gonna get the Blu-ray, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to make that rating. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Again, support Tom Cruise all the way in the movies because mm-hmm. he puts everything. He's saving into cinema. So, so what do you give it? Uh, I went just a solid eight out of 10. I'm not some douchey guy who does like weird decimal points. So (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, this is, this is my favorite movie of 2023 so far. Uh, probably. I I just think it's funny because this was my number one most anticipated movie. Yeah. Which is funny because it it snuck up on both of us. Because when we talked yes, about this, really at the end, when we talked about this it at really the end did. of the year, we were like, "Oh yeah, Rogue Nation, all all the way." Like Rogue Rogue Nation is is the movie for me. And then it's like, "Oh, Rogue Rogue Nation is out today." Oh, I'm buying tickets to go see it tonight. <laughs> so so yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie, and I'm I'm really looking forward to next year and seeing what mm-hmm. they they cook up with uh, Dead Reckoning Part Two. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just kind of a heads up. Uh, so my list of looking forwards to was John Wick four, saw it guardians of three, saw it dead reckoning, saw it June part two, not out yet. Transformers rise of the beast did not see it yet or did not see it. Um, Oppenheimer. We'll see it soon. Megan saw it. Creed three saw it. Renfield saw it. Yours were John Wick four guardians, three mission Impossible, June two rise of the beast, ant-man and commie mania. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Craven the Hunter. Yes. So you uh you have seen everything, I think. Did you see Rise of the Beast? No, I did not see that. Okay, so you have, have not seen, seen Rise of the Beast. Spider-verse. So you didn't? I thought you went and saw it. No, I'm <laughs> probably just kind of waiting to see when it it's supposed to get on digital. It's soon, gonna though. hit stars soon enough, and we have a subscription to that, so <laughs> Stars, stars. Every time I hear stars, I think of the Resident Evil Three. Oh, nice. Nemesis. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Um. Yeah. So on that note, definitely go see this movie. Um. I saw it on the RPX at the Regal. I'm um. I don't think we have a good IMAX theater near us in Cincinnati. To be one hundred percent honest with you, so I tend to tend to default to the Regal with RPX. But see it on the biggest possible screen that you can. Yeah, it's and and I will again, I will second your point about the jump seeing and knowing versus seeing in in I, I'm using air quotes when I say real time, mm-hmm. real time of the movie. It's just so different. And then we got those other yeah. shots of the free fall. So it's I, I think to say seeing and knowing and seeing and experiencing yeah. Is yes, a good way to differentiate that because yeah, right. it was so cool. And the lead up to it, because they're like, when is he going to jump off the fucking mountain already? And it's like, here we go. Cause when he looks yeah. over and he sees it in the distance, when he's on the other part of the mountain, it's like, yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> full send, Ethan, full send. So, all right. On that note, any last words? No, I just like I'll read read what you said. Go see this. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. Yes, sir. All right, we will be back next week. Uh, we are now 
what, five episodes away from episode 400. Um, and, uh, oh, we're going to try and start, we're going to try a thing where we're trying to post more about like some of the new stuff that we're, we haven't been covering lately, but we're going to start covering again. Um, and I'm going to start posting clips of the show to Twitter. Um, so if you guys go follow us at the infamous podcast, um, and I'm at Brian Tudor on Twitter and what is your Twitter handle? You've got like 40 of them that you never yeah, use. Yeah, I don't know because I've so, deleted a couple of them. So, right. so Daryl is going to figure out a Twitter handle that I can actually remember that's not just a bunch of random numbers. And we're going to like get this all figured out over the next two weeks. And we're so you can go to Twitter and start looking for more stuff there. Cool. All right. Um, that's, the that's the plan, at least. Since we're not social media users very much anymore. Really, we just use Instagram Messenger to send horrific memes back and forth to each other. <laughs> Dude, cat stuff. right? Oh yeah, lots of cat videos because like because uh, Cooper is the man. So, <laughs> all right, we'll see y'all next week. Have a good one. Later. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons who are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.